it feels kind of boring to to open the episode of like we both think this movie is average. <laughs> it's but it is just extraordinarily average, which is a shame because it had a lot of potential. But it is yeah quite average. It's it's quite an average movie. It's uh, there's some parts, and they're fine. Uh, thank you for watching. We've been past a few. <laughs> <laughs> healthcare professionals more time to do their jobs, to prolong that period where you can safely bring someone back with no cognitive loss, no long-term effects. Welcome to Paths of Fear, the weekly podcast where we give our takes on horror movies and explore the opinions of our audience. I'm Ian. And I'm Marshall. And this week's winner for science fiction horror, it's The Lazarus Effect. A movie that Marshall chose, <laughs> and a movie that I would argue isn't really science fiction. <laughs> the Lazarus Effect was made in 2015 and was written by Luke Dawson and Jeremy Slater and was directed by David Gelb. Nice. Do you have anything to say for your, for your science fiction, quote unquote? I mean, science fiction is such a blanket term. Like, you can look at any horror and be like, well, Jason gets shot a lot and he doesn't die. So that's fictionally <laughs> science. Uh, so it is funny i think the term science fiction itself is kind of funny admittedly like this movie does have elements that are science um but and it is fictional i think what threw me off is that it's science fiction but it's supposed to be rooted in modern science which kind of ruins it a little bit but yeah. i'll get into that yeah, but te anyways tease away. we can't keep doing this all all right, all right, I'll give a teaser. <clears throat> Frank Walton and Zoe McConnell are engaged to be married, though their primary engagement is to their medical research. Frank, Zoe, and their team are developing the Lazarus Serum, a serum they hope can revive individuals long after CPR would fail. But is it right to bring the dead back to life? And moreover, will those brought back be the same? Test subjects are required. Samples need collecting. Observations are to be made, all to understand the Lazarus effect. That's some good stuff right there, Ian. Especially when you edit out the stutters. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I do. I would call it science fiction. I think that it, when you call something science fiction, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to like fulfill a science fiction desire you're looking for, you know? Definitely. When I say I want to watch a science fiction movie, I want to sit down and watch like Star Wars or Star Trek or something. So, you know, this, yeah, this, this isn't quite that. Um, I would call it science fiction just by definition, and I would call it pretty okay horror. Um, one might even say average horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, it's an all right movie. I think it just kind of had a lot of potential that it wasted. Yeah, it's science fiction. It's just not my kind of science fiction. <laughs> and that's fair. But yeah, it's this movie does have I mean, it has some larger symbolic arcs. There's supposed to be meaning. I think the main sort of idea of this movie is to be an answer to the classic question of is life more than just 
an organic mass within the brain of neurons firing uh, is it more than chemical reactions? And that's that's like that's a fine, interesting question. It, it adds something, but at the end of the day, I just think that uh, for me personally, the issue is that uh, there's an intersect of this science or pseudoscience, rather, with more spiritual afterlife stuff, and just the way that it combines the two is kind of not intriguing to me. Yeah. Because the science isn't really science. It's just, I inject a serum, and then it somehow allows people to do mind control and whatnot. This is the kind of stuff the uh, FBI and CAA were probably looking into back in the 60s. Nowadays, it seems a little too far-fetched to root them in some sort of seemingly realistic science reality. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, Ian, what, what do you leave this movie with as a rating? Well, uh, we opened with saying that the movie is pretty average, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I did change my score or anything after you said that, but I walked into this movie, uh, and I left with a five, no. five out of ten. Um, right. There were there were things that I thought were interesting, and then a lot of things that I thought were mm, meh, yeah. um, and it was mostly meh, so I did five out of ten. I, I would go five and a half out of ten myself. I'll give it a little bit extra, just because I think it played with some fun stuff and did some stuff really well mm-hmm. um, throughout the plot. But yes, it was extraordinarily average. Yeah, and and it's funny you say that because I was actually debating between if I should give it a five or a six mm-hmm. uh, because I felt that the reason that I didn't like this movie as much is because I was being held back by just the, the pseudoscience and... Mm-hmm. which has been a problem for other movies as well. So I was like, well, maybe I should give it some credit for some of the other things. But then I realized, no, this is my score. That's <laughs> I fair. should incorporate the problems that I have with it. Yeah, uh, for me, whenever I hear that science that like, I know it just isn't quite right and or they're just kind of throwing out fancy words at you that you hear smart mm-hmm. people say uh, just to make it all work. Like that, it always it bothers me a little. I think it's less fascinating than it can be if you actually do throw out like well-researched stuff but uh i don't let it hold it back as a movie too much i'm just trying to set the premise and make it a little less of a reach for the audience so i can i can respect it but i think it is like i said wasted potential not to do that research and make it fun yeah i think there's some more interesting ways that you can play with the soul and whatnot and how that relates to science i feel you well our audience and they gave it a 6.5 so they they it was relatively average, maybe a little on the better side for our audience, but mm-hmm. it's it is in that average range, I would say, probably the upper average range. We're all in unison that this movie was okay, yeah, good job, Lazarus effect <laughs> you got you did all right, Donald Glover, Olivia Wilde, and Evan Peters and made an okay movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. they had that cast, and the movie was okay, yeah, I know that's that's so sad. Do you want to do you want to give us a summary in and then we'll hop into it a little more? Yeah, I can do that. All right, let's hear it. A swine corpse lies motionless on the lab's operating table as a team of medical researchers attempt to bring it back to life with the injection of a serum to the brain and periodic high voltage charges. As the pig remains still, the team assumes the experiment has failed once again. Come on, you get a little of this 
But abruptly, the pig squeals and convulses before death overcomes it once again. The research team works under the University of Berkeley, California. College student Ava is led to the lab by scientist Zoe McConnell so she can document their experiments and research. Zoe introduces Ava to her co-workers, Nico, Clay, and her fiancé, as well as head of the project, Frank Walton. As Clay goggles at Ava, it's apparent Nico's only interested in Zoe, despite her current engagement. As Ava interviews Frank, he explains the serum, codenamed Lazarus, started as a potential treatment for coma patients, but their research has led them to believe that it could give not only coma patients a second chance, but even those whose brains have stopped functioning entirely, the dead. It's about giving everyone that second chance they deserve. The team prepares their next test subject, a dog who has been put down due to advanced cataracts, while Ava films the process. Once again, they deliver the serum along with calculated high-voltage shocks, but the subject has no response. However, after the team prepares to declare the attempt a failure, the dog, Rocky, lurches back to life. And the team, along with Ava, celebrates champagne and all. Frank and Zoe decide to take Rocky home with them to look after him. They observe that his cataracts have completely disappeared along with his appetite. Frank's excited about the effectiveness of the serum and seems to think that Rocky's behavior will return to normal as the serum dissipates from his brain. After Zoe goes to bed, she has a nightmare of being inside the hallway of a burning apartment building. As people scream trapped behind a door in front of her, their scorched hands reaching from underneath, desperate for help. After she awakes and consoles herself, it's apparent that this isn't the first time she's had this dream. Back in the lab, Ava asks Frank and Zoe what their thoughts are on the moment of death. Frank tells of a more pragmatic and empirically proven theory of death. Nobody knows why, but the moment you die, right then, your brain just floods your system with this massive blast of DMT. When you think you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, or the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's just a, it's just a big trip that you're having, really. It's all it is. Whereas Zoe implies there might be more to it that can't be measured scientifically. I think maybe when we die, the DMT is there to help our souls move on, to get them wherever they're supposed to be. You know, open the door for them. The team puts Rocky into the MRI machine for observation. Clay becomes concerned as he notes that Rocky's brain is exhibiting far more activity than it should, and it appears the serum is still present within his brain when it should have completely dissipated. He's worried such neurotic brain activity could lead to unpredictable and aggressive behavior. Later that day, Clay is left alone in the lab with Rocky, while he sits in a cage as a precautionary measure. As Clay goes about his business, he hears a crash in the break room, where Rocky was locked up. Clay investigates and finds the crate open, the room a mess, and Rocky missing. He soon finds Rocky, who viciously growls at him. But luckily, doesn't attack. When the rest of the team returns, Clay tells them what he saw, 
He's met with some skepticism, as it's possible Clay just didn't properly close the crate. But it's unexplained how Rocky managed to get food off the top shelf. Even if you left the cage open, there's no way he could have got up here. The next day, Frank is called into the dean's office, who explains she received an anonymous tip that his experiments had shifted from preventing neural decay in coma patients to, as she puts it, playing God with a bunch of dead animals. Meanwhile, a shady group of corporate goons shows up at the lab, and Mr. Wallace, heading the operation, informs Zoe that since they've breached their research grant project, ownership of their material has been transferred to them. I don't understand. We're operating under a grant from Werner Goss Biotechnical. And as of two hours ago, Krylonis Industries became the principal shareholder in Werner Goss. I'm sure it must be difficult for you, but there's an important lesson to be learned here. There's always a consequence for breaking the rules. Their serum samples are confiscated, along with the lab's computers. The team meets back at Frank and Zoe's house to decide what to do next. Eventually, Frank recommends they break back into the lab come nightfall and repeat the experiment with another one of their test subjects while recording it. That way, they'll have the proof they developed the serum, some of which Frank and Zoe kept stashed in their house, just in case. And while most of them had their security passes confiscated, Ava still had hers. That night, Ava enters through the front of the research building, letting the others in through the back, and they prepare to recreate the experiment. Nico hacks into the security camera system to buy them some time, and Clay prepares another dead dog for the experiment. The dog is injected with the serum, and so he flips the switch to deliver the electric shock. 11 kilowatts in 3, 2, 1. The shock fails, and the team hears a loud thud. Soon after, they realize Zoe has been electrocuted. Frank rushes towards her, but can't get a pulse. CPR and a shot of adrenaline fails to revive her. Clay brings over the defibrillators, and after several shocks, there's no response. Zoe is dead. Frank sees that Zoe had forgotten to remove her wedding ring in the rush, causing the electrocution as she flipped the switch. Unwilling to let her go, Frank sets Zoe on the operating table and prepares for an impromptu human trial. Clay, Ava, and even Nico argue that this is wrong. I'm so sorry, but this is crossing a line. This is a human being. Fine. Get out of here. I'm going to do it myself. Frank does not relent and says that he's doing it with or without their help. Clay and Nico reluctantly return to their posts, and Ava positions herself to pull the switch at Frank's direction. Zoe is injected with the serum and is given two electrical shocks. As Frank prepares for another, Nico alerts them that a security guard is headed their way. Frank covers Zoe with a sheet, and everyone hides until the guard passes. When they look back at the operating table, Zoe is sitting up. Frank asks if she's okay, but she remains unresponsive until finally she grabs his wrist and asks if she just died. It also appears that she can somehow hear the other's thoughts. As the team observes her with the MRI machine, Clay notes that, similar to Rocky, her brain is exhibiting far too much neural activity. You know how they say humans only use 10% of their brain? I thought that was a myth. No, the, the myth is that we don't know what the other 90% does. Humans use their entire brain. We just use 10% at a time. She's just sitting in there. A small chunk of her brain should be lighting up. But the whole thing is lit up. Yeah, 
that's the weird part. Later, Zoe notices her fingertips darkening along with the entry wound from the serum's needle. She tells Frank that there is something wrong with her, that she thinks she died and went to hell, where she was for years trapped in the burning apartment building, a never-ending loop of damnation. Frank dismisses it as a DMT-fueled nightmare. After he leaves, Zoe moves a pen with her mind. Frank gives Zoe some sedatives and has her lay down. Ava pulls a blanket over her, and as she turns around, she is suddenly trapped within the same apartment building Zoe dreamed about. Hey, do you know where we are? She turns and sees a little girl holding something. What have you got there, Aggie? What do you have in your hand? But before Ava can see what it is, she's grabbed by one of the scorched hands. Ava screams and re-emerges into the real world, where the rest of the team finds her. She tells them what she saw. At first, Frank is sure that Zoe must have told her about her reoccurring nightmare. But after Ava reveals that her wrist had truly been burned, he starts having some doubts. Ava believes that Zoe saw something when she died and that maybe her soul is somehow trapped, that she never reached the light at the end of the tunnel. What if the door didn't open? What if Zoe's soul couldn't get through? What if she's trapped in her own nightmare? Nico is alone in one of the lab rooms on his computer when he's startled by Zoe. She begs him to make her feel normal, attempting to elicit a kiss from him. He repeatedly asks her to stop, and says that she's not in her right mind. This angers Zoe, and she telekinetically throws Nico into a nearby metal closet. As he begs her to stop, she crushes the metal closet with him inside it. As the rest of the team tries to figure out where Nico went, Ava seems to think Zoe had something to do with his sudden disappearance. Clay decides to call the police, more worried about Zoe than going to jail. However, as he calls, the power goes out, and even the emergency lines are non-functional. By this point, Clay is sure that this is all Zoe's doing, and he demands that she tells him where Nico is. Zoe uses her new powers to send Clay's e-cigarette into the back of his throat causing him to choke to death. I want to know what happened to Nico now! Frank and Ava try to save him, but it's too late, and Zoe has disappeared. After realizing the reality of the situation, Frank knows that they can't let Zoe leave the lab. She has to die. He prepares a full syringe with the same compound used to put down dogs, and prepares to go after Zoe, despite Ava's pleas to not leave her alone. Frank finds Zoe in the hall, sobbing, and he says that he just wants to talk. Zoe rejects his help, knowing that he's holding a syringe, and is only trying to get close to her. She grabs his head and squeezes it, until Frank dies. <laughs> Ava, seeing this from around the corner, flees. Meanwhile, Zoe grabs the rest of the serum and injects herself with all of it. Ava manages to get another syringe and fills it with the same deadly compounds that Frank told her about. As she encounters Zoe, she again becomes trapped in the burning apartment. 
she realizes the little girl is Zoe and asks her to show her what she's holding. It's revealed to be a box of matches, showing that she had started the fire. Ava, wanting to free Zoe's soul from this torment, tells her it wasn't her fault and that she can fix this, that she can open the door that her neighbors are trapped behind. Evil Zoe breaks in through the wall and begins approaching them. Little Zoe opens the door and a blinding white light flashes before their eyes. As the nightmare fades, Ava realizes she stabbed Zoe with the syringe. Zoe falls to the floor, the evil having gone from her eyes, as she apologizes for what she's done. Ava slumps over as the light of sirens shining through the basement windows. A fireman runs over to check on Ava, who sobs and tells him that Zoe killed everyone. But as she looks over to see where Zoe had collapsed, she realizes that she has disappeared. She looks back at the fireman, now wearing Zoe's face, who breaks Ava's neck. Zoe lines up the bodies of Clay, Nico, and Ava, and prepares Frank's body on the operating table. She injects him from the serum from her body, causing him to come back to life with a gasp. What a film. What a movie. Do you think it sounds more interesting just through the summary? Yeah, well, that's the thing is it it does sound like it could be really great. It uh, the issue is just how underwhelming everything was. Mm-hmm. She uh, uh, Donald Glover's death, Nico. She just tosses on a locker and crushes it. Evan Peters' death, she just chokes him. Like the the deaths aren't interesting. Like Frank's death is probably the most interesting, but that wasn't anything incredible. Yeah. Um. And I, so what I feel like happened with this movie was they came up with a great idea of like, hey, let's have the dead wife come back, but Shane's of killing everyone. Uh, and like, they were like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And it could have been wonderful. And they had, they came up with a great name, Lazarus Effect, because honestly, it's a great movie title. Mm-hmm. Then they were just like, that's enough hook, right? Like they didn't bother hooking you beyond that. <laughs> beyond the title. Yeah. Beyond the title, beyond the idea. That, then it's just, then they just made a movie around that and called it good. They didn't. I feel it feels like there wasn't enough effort put into the actual movie itself. Just the ideas behind it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and I guess to start off on a on a positive note, uh, I will say that the movie it does a good job of maintaining uh, the the specific theme that it's going for. The this this theme of there's more to the human soul than you can really measure, and then of course. Uh, they have this sort of a thing with her going to hell, really, uh, because of a sin that she committed. And then when she comes back, it's almost like she takes on Satan uh, or the essence of Satan and then kills everyone because of the part that they took in bringing her back to life, which isn't is in itself a sin, I would assume. Um, and then at the end, Ava manages to inject uh, Zoe or evil Zoe with the uh, deadly compound uh, after she freed Zoe's soul it seems from the hell that she was in uh, allowing her to move on 
I'm assuming that what was left was still this demon of sorts, this uh, whatever they brought back to life. And so that that whole arc itself is pretty solid. Yeah. I think they did all right with maintaining that theme and, you know, foreshadowing it and carrying it all the way through. Uh, the only time when it is a little confusing is when after Ava seems to actually redeem herself and help Zoe's soul move on, she still gets killed and evil Zoe's still there. But nonetheless, I think overall that that was that was okay maybe even good even if uh there were some elements within their storytelling which held back the the movie as a whole yeah i feel like within it the ending it was they did say uh they had they had her repent which is usually like great for a horror movie but like when someone repents and is still punished it can be a little harsh especially in a religiously themed Mm -hmm. thing where that is so obvious in your face that kind of idea um, and you, I think you touched on a little bit of what I think is really the thing that hurts this movie is that she comes back and yes, there's a preset that she's not going to be quite herself, that she might be a little aggressive like the dog. Um, and they otherwise, it, it, she doesn't have real reason to kill everybody. She hears some thoughts that she's just like, but I can't believe you thought this about me. And so she gets upset and kills everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's a it's a thing like inside of her that's kind of like driving her to do this, but that is very much an internal struggle that we don't get to see externalized throughout the movie. So for us, it just looks like she came back and just killed everything. Um, I think what would have done this movie a lot of favors is if we saw if we saw Zoe somehow struggling against whatever she was like with whatever was possessing her. Mm-hmm. And that would have made for an, a much better component of this movie i feel like if she still played a role other than just bad guy at that point i think they tried to do some of that by having ava envision herself in that burning apartment and seeing child zoe there and i i think she came up with the idea that maybe her soul is trapped but that was that wasn't really that well explained like i didn't know what was going on at that point it would it would definitely make uh the the villain more interesting if there was some more internal conflict well it gives just the idea that this is zoe now which i think just kind of wastes a whole element that you could have and building on what you said about uh her being trapped in that fire i think that would have been wonderful i think that's like that's a crazy awesome thing to have your character look back at and suffer Mm -hmm. for um because that's huge like lighting a fire that people died in when you're that small that's pretty rough. That's it's hard thing yeah. to live with, but they introduced it so late, like just without and like it, they. It feels like they just kind of added it. Where in movies you need to introduce as much as you can as early as possible. Um, otherwise, when you do introduce it, it feels like it's cheating, and so they just kind of throw it at you. They're like, "Oh, also by the way, like she's guilty of this," and it's just like, "Well, that's uh, okay." Yeah, I think I think their idea was. Um, I mean, they they introduced her reoccurring nightmare of it and that she had trauma from something to do with this fire uh, relatively early on. But I, I think the problem comes with the fact that outside of that, you can't really tell what what conflict is taking place or that there is a conflict yeah. within herself taking place. I would say that, weirdly enough, I think this movie just needed more time which is a weird thing because i I think you can usually make a movie work within what time you have just by using your time well but it really needed 
like more time to set up a few things. Uh, I should have like I, I don't particularly enjoy when horror movies just have a ridiculously long first act um, because they want you to like fall in love with the characters for like an hour or something. And then they finally start making weird things happen. Uh, I It just gets boring. You don't I don't want to ask an audience to sit through that. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I think, could have taken a little more time to do it. I think they could have taken uh, we love we loved our characters. They were great. Like they had like kind of an all star cast behind it, so we were I think we were naturally kind of prone to love the characters. Mm-hmm. But we needed to understand our main characters better, you know. And there were, there were elements there that they seemed to set up. Uh, like Nico had some sort of a crush on Zoe, even though she was engaged. Zoe and Frank were having problems. I guess Clay was chill, but they definitely had some character conflicts set up. And it's it's kind of funny because. I felt that they did have a pretty long first act really before the main thing happens uh, because the main thing is when Zoe comes back. Uh, I feel like that that takes place pretty far into the movie. It seems like they didn't do enough with the setup they had. I would say they didn't actually have enough time with Zoe being back, but her like exhibiting weird behaviors I think that her change to murderous Zoe was a little too fast. It shifts very quickly from Zoe's back, Zoe's acting weird, Zoe's killing everyone. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, time in the middle of it to really dig into it. Yeah, and um, one thing is that this movie came out 2015, I want to say. And we see a movie before, I remember thinking this, uh, called Lucy with Scarlett Johansson. And it's all about Anna. Scarlett Johansson goes around and does crazy stuff because she has more than 10% of her brain unlocked, which is oh. the same power she has. And I feel like we were seeing a lot of that here. Um, we And like in this time period, for some reason, we saw a lot of that playing with, around with the 10% of the brain. Yeah, like Limitless. Yeah, it's just people unlocking more of their brain. And I think we were exhausted of that kind of like reasoning for things happening. Mm-hmm. At this point, um, I think Lucy didn't do too well because of it. And I think this movie suffered from that. It's just not an interesting premise to us because I think people looked into it enough to know like that isn't true. They tried to make it a little different by saying, you know, we use all of our brain just 10% out of it at a time, which is kind of a neat thing, but it's still not quite doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the movie, oddly enough, would have been better off had she not been so powerful if she had to be more crafty to kill everybody. Because as it stood, there just wasn't beating her. Like if they should have either given her some kind of like telekinesis and she had to use that properly or been able to read their minds and try to manipulate them um, more than she was just like, I know everything and I can do anything. So therefore, like that's a, that doesn't make for an interesting villain. Yeah, actually, I think that pretty well describes my biggest problem with the movie, actually. And that that starts with the pseudoscience uh, that you're describing of. Uh, the 10% brain versus 100% of your brain. And then it was weird because in this movie, they were like, yeah, that's a myth. Uh, it's really that we use 10% of our brain at a time, which if I remember correctly, I think that that could actually be true. It's not all lit up all the time. And that was interesting. Of course, scientifically, the problem is there is, I think, someone who's using 100% of their brain, that's like psychosis or something. And instead, they decide, no, actually, it gives her mind control. For some reason, like it gives her mind control and abilities and she's suddenly unstoppable. And so I I completely agree. It would be better 
even if she was still taken over by this satanic presence, what if that satanic presence still had to deal with the same body and maybe they could make it like, oh, there's more brain activity as if there's like two people in her brain or something. That would be better, yeah. Yeah, and then like it turns out that this otherworldly force is inside her brain and that otherworldly persona can leave and it's just Zoe again. And then she's just as confused as the rest of them. And so then you have like this secret killer among them uh, without all this magic science stuff, which just ruins the movie because it's just it's uninteresting because you're just giving a person ultimate power. And no matter if they're the villain or the hero, that is always boring. So you need to make it like you were saying, make it so that this other persona within her has to be crafty. That that would have been a very interesting movie. Mm -hmm. And beyond that. Uh, we, she didn't her weakness was just this compound he made up on the spot where if they would have introduced something earlier like uh, with the dog if they needed to do some kind of upkeep for it like its brain was too active so they had to like somehow keep it cool with a certain mm -hmm. other serum or I don't know even just an ice pack or some crap I don't know um, mm -hmm. and just if there was some if she had an explicit weakness instead of just like inject her with drug um because they one they didn't introduce that early all early at all and they didn't make it anything that wouldn't put down a normal person yeah uh so uh not only was she too powerful she didn't have any explicit weaknesses so yeah that was that i do agree that that's a big ruiner of this movie yeah definitely i think like ignoring everything else this movie could have been at least three points better just by changing it once you get to before Ava mind controls anything. If if you've made that change after she wakes back up, the rest of the story at all would have, I think, fallen into place quite well. I, again, I think the ultimate problem is just, like you said, the lack of any explicit weaknesses. Uh, because it was a little silly when uh, Frank and Ava were like crouching behind a cabinet or something. And Frank was like, we need a weapon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just... We gotta stop. Yeah, we we need we need a weapon, and then he's like, "I know a syringe with uh the stuff that they use to put down dogs with. That's our weapon." Like I'm I'm just saying that works against a human being. Uh, you know what else works against a human being is like a large blunt object. <laughs> There's nothing that tells us that this deadly compound is more effective against her than any other human weakness. Yeah. Uh, so it just it makes no sense. But the way that we're presented with it and that Frank presents it is as if it's her weakness. But there's nothing that tells us that's true. There's nothing that makes sense there. He doesn't say like, oh, this this is a compound that neutralizes the serum like that would make sense. Even if they came up with it on the spot and we didn't know about this serum neutralizer before. But instead, they're just like, no, it's just normal. Uh, like dog killer compound uh, instead of like something that makes sense. <laughs> the way I would have seen it playing out with that is she or someone takes the serum and they realize Rocky is like too aggressive or something that he really shouldn't be around. They need to put him down. So they use the chemical compound to put him down and they find like it's not quite working and they have to do like three times regular dosage because the serum is fighting it. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there later on, uh, Clay being the skeptic and like the super smart dude uh, he goes behind everyone's back while 
everything's all weird. And he calculates how much dosage would be needed to kill a human and ratios, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and then from there, she kills him because of that. And then that's their tool. Though. That's the weapon they have is they actually have the right amount. Um, that which is just a highly irregular amount. That would have been a great way to use it because it's a, it's a unique thing. And that's the that's the issue is it's just not unique. Mm hmm. Um, like you said, it could have been a blunt object. They could have just taken a gun and shot her. I mean, it's just yeah, exactly. Like, cool. Uh, and I guess maybe since they're in a lab, maybe no one has a gun. But yeah, um, but you, you even could have like I know that the serum had something like it was activated using electric charges. Maybe like try to trick her into getting electrocuted or something. Like mm-hmm. anything that somehow properly interacts. Like it's one of two options. Number one, which I think is preferred something that specifically interacts with the serum that they developed, like some sort of neutralizer agent that they introduce or electric charges or something. Or option two, something that they introduce earlier on uh, that can overcome the serum when done in a certain way. Like you were saying with, oh, maybe they had to put down the dog earlier um, to a greater dosage or something. Just anything to hint at what they would have to do later in the movie. Yeah, and that's really all it comes down to. And so I'd say what we have is an unmotive, like not interesting motivation. We don't, we have just too much power. So it really just makes an evil force and that's all it is. So it just makes for the most uninteresting villain you can have really. Uh, the, the last thoughts I have for now is that the the beginning of the movie, the setup of it all, the setup of the characters, the setup of the Lazarus serum and all that, that was, that was pretty well done. That, that was pretty solid. Uh, up all the way until uh, Zoe's brought back. After Zoe's brought back, it's boring. Um, it's just pretty meh because of all the reasons we've just mentioned. Um, and yeah, just that part feels unmotivated and feels like a standard, oh, it's just evil killing all of the people uh, yeah. for doing what they did. It's just, at that point, they're not doing anything more than any other horror movie has done before, like any other average horror movie, that is. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's just, that's that's where it goes downhill, and it makes this movie pretty uninteresting. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we don't have much time left, Ian. I'll go ahead and hop on our surveys if you're ready. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so like I said, our audience gave it a 6.5, like upper end average. We asked how scary it was, and for the most part it was twos and threes, but someone out there is just like, yeah, this is terrifying, gave it a nine. Um, <laughs> Damn. And I, I feel like if it's, I, I think it would actually be scary for someone who isn't a horror fan, you know? Like I can see it scaring people. Yeah. and uh, Just with its imagery and with the idea of it, it is, it would be scary if you're not kind of accustomed to this. I think for an experienced horror watcher, no, it's nothing crazy. By any means. I, I would agree. Um, especially there's there's scenes where Ava's alone walking through uh, sometimes first person through this uh you know dark lab environment with lights going in and out around her and with uh Zoe calling out to her weirdly. Um they and that that's actually again, they actually have a pretty good environment for horror. Um mm-hmm. like imagine imagine then sorry to go back to this, but imagine then if Zoe wasn't all powerful, but she was she was clever and crafty. And at that point, Ava was the only one left, and Zoe was sneaking around in the darkness, like waiting to strike, um, rather than just use mind control whenever. 
Um, yeah. Because at that point, we just know that Ava's doomed because there's no hope for her, rather than like a killer being after her. So anyways, they actually have a good environment for that. And I can definitely see how that would be scary. Also, like, the the scorched hands, like, underneath the door and, like, the nightmare. Yeah. Like, they actually have some pretty scary elements uh, that, that could have been made uh, scarier by having a more interesting or better motivation behind them. Yeah, they, the surface level there is scary, but, like, underneath it all, it was just regular stuff. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty empty. Yeah. Well, so we have our Paths of Fear question, Ian. Our four questions are... Uh, what scares you most being stuck in your worst nightmare being possessed by a force that brings out the worst in you being crushed to death in a small dark place and lastly being alone in the dark with something looking to get you which do you think took the cake Ooh, uh it's pretty difficult actually the being stuck in like somewhere where something's after you like being alone somewhere dark where something's after you that's like a pretty classic horror feeling um mm-hmm. which isn't bad but i i don't think that's the scariest i'm gonna knock that one down um okay and let's see i don't think being possessed is gonna be it uh okay let's see what was the third one we had being crushed to death in a small dark place being crushed to death in a small dark place is pretty bad but i don't so think it's as rough. bad as being stuck in your worst nightmare interesting okay and what do you think was the least the least I'm thinking that actually I'm thinking actually that uh being alone in the dark um with something after you is the least. Okay. Uh you chose both the middle ground. So like you, you I'm gonna give you a good like C. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I chose <laughs> Man, uh this is a real uh I've been I've been knocked down from my, my previous attempt. It's not a full fall from grace though because i mean that's true you were at least halfway i feel like that's almost more sad though it's not like a fall from grace it's just sort of like a i got kicked out of the grace's restaurant (laughs) so the most one was being crushed to death in a small dark place and wow i think if you if you know our audience i think is how you would have guessed this one because they uh i think there were a couple members have claustrophobia ah so i think that's what did it i'm glad i put Um, that one on there then Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That was honestly the most interesting death. I feel like Donald Glover almost signed up for this movie because he's like, "Yeah, that sounds fun." Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, and, mm. and it, the scene itself was well done. And like, I mean, when you, I mean, even when you say it, it's um, like he's he's crushed to death inside it as he like, as he's like screaming and like his bones are being crushed while he's still alive. Like, eh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's, pretty, it's not fun. Always uh, obvious in hindsight. <laughs> Our least was being possessed by a force that brings out the worst in you. That one I'm not which, surprised by. Yeah, it. Uh, I think it's just because while it would be terrifying if we've experienced it, no one's experienced it, so it's not something we can empathize with. Yeah, too much. you can't really, you can't really tell. Yeah, I, I think being crushed to death in a small dark place is something that, uh, you know, if you've if you've been in a small dark place, uh, even though you haven't been crushed, you can kind of have the fear of it happening. <laughs> yeah. Our next one is, this movie combined fictional science with the supernatural and the afterlife. Is there any part of this combination that made it difficult to enjoy the movie? Or was there any part of this combination you found to be uniquely effective? As you, as you might guess, I, I made this question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see. 
You can just find this on. <laughs> uh, I, I was wondering because, of course, since I felt that a lot of that made it hard to enjoy the movie for me, I was wondering if anyone else felt the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, this our first response does the ten percent of the brain threw me off, especially since the explanation was also wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. And the last one I'd say agrees with you as well. Nothing about this movie really scared me, and I think it's because I couldn't relate in any way. It just wasn't a realistic enough setting, I guess. So yeah, they. There were definitely sentiments shared with you there. Uh, our middle okay. one is kind of where I sit, more or less, is uh, the mix of science and religion was effective. They're usually combative, but in this case, they work together. And I think that they did mix the two together, made them kind of like work in contrast, but also weirdly in unison. Mm-hmm. All right. But then they just kept trying to explain it more and more and just kept adding a little bit onto there when like they should have just left us with the base idea instead of just kept going on like, but this idea and then this idea. Yeah, um, I think when you add in more stuff, um, yeah. the the more it's easier to not feel real. Because uh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to feel real. But I think in this case, it's one of those, or it's one of those cases where uh, the less explains the better in some ways, uh, because then you don't have all these things you can poke holes in. Yeah, uh, like with the ten percent versus a hundred percent thing is the easiest thing for your viewer to poke holes in and then be out of it. Um, whereas if you just left that out and also didn't give her crazy mind control abilities, then you can sort of ignore those other things that you could poke holes in that maybe aren't scientifically true. Uh, and then that marriage between the pseudoscience and the you know more supernatural elements can be uh, a little a little easier. Yeah, well, it's a... It would be like if you're watching Star Trek and there's always that moment when like McCoy comes out or Scotty comes out and they're like, I found the carbon injector so we can stabilize him or something. And it's just like, all right, you know what? This was like, what, the 60s? Well, I'll let it slide. But that makes zero sense. Um, <laughs> but like it, it was then as if he was like injecting it into the person he was saving. And he's like, so the way it works is like if we if you take the carbon and you put it into his cells, it suddenly starts making them like build cellular walls. And it's just like, wait, hold on. Like you should just stop there. But like they, that's what they were doing was they just kept going with it. Mm-hmm. Just leave um, it at carbon injector. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, let us let us be like uh, we can't understand it. It's the future. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, leave it there. Uh, so there's some disbelief because uh, I know like at the end of the day it doesn't have to feel real, but it has to be grounded in the world that has that it has set itself in. And this movie yeah. set itself in our world. In the modern world, which is the hardest to ground yourself in, and then it ungrounded itself through these the weird shit that it did. <laughs> well, so we I, we had our open question at the end. If you were to become trapped in a place no bigger than a normal studio apartment for anywhere between a year and an eternity, what would you put there to help keep you sane, or would you simply embrace the madness? Uh, how about you, Ian? What would what would you take with you? This is one where I. Definitely should have thought ahead of time. <laughs> I, for one, if I knew I was going to be there like an eternity, I think I would probably say like, screw sanity, embrace madness. Because I've always been so curious about that process, you know, because mm-hmm. it does happen. It can't just happen from lack of stimulation, which is just crazy. It's like it. It's uh, this is the old tale, like the Russian sleep experiment. Um, the, the old, like, what is it? Creepypasta. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it's like, but like the way it feels like, just because we're not stimulated, it's just something that comes out of you rather than something that forms less. It's like peeling away layers rather than something is entering there. Hmm. Uh, so I always thought that'd be interesting to see how it happens. 
and then that also just be the most entertaining thing. That would be interesting. Although I, for one, would try to stay sane as long as possible. Um, I think the first thing I would bring with me, maybe this is morally uh, wrong, but I'm tempted to bring a person with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, that's a uh, that's totally fair. You definitely have that answer. <laughs> I think that the the thing about that though is that then aren't I also entrapping them for eternity? Yeah. It's it's you know there's actually a movie that did this and it's actually a movie that that could have been really good but was also okay. Um, it was it's called a uh, Passenger with like Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I never saw it, but I remember seeing the ads. Yeah, it was it was all right. Um, all right. and but they had this premise. I, I guess maybe skip like twenty seconds ahead if if no spoilers, but. Um, but essentially, Chris Pratt wakes up uh, Jennifer Lawrence on their spaceship because he was woken up and he couldn't find a way to get himself back into cryosleep. Mm. And so I think that that that's my that that that's the the great issue there is should I should I bring someone else with me and then I pretend that we were both brought there, you know, just randomly and it wasn't me who decided to bring them with me to there. Uh, that's that's a problem um yeah i gotta say if this was actually gonna happen to me and i like knew it and i got to decide everything i don't know it would be i mean i, I don't know who i would choose at this point but it would be pretty uh hard not to bring someone along for the ride because <laughs> then at least you have someone else to go mad with there you go uh and i find comfort in that um other than that i mean Maybe, maybe some, I don't know what would be best. I mean, maybe, I mean, and I didn't limit, I purposely didn't limit uh, what you could do in this environment. Like, I didn't, I didn't say that you can be connected to the internet. Um, so, you know, I mean, in that case, I would like to think, well, maybe bring over some things that can connect to the internet, uh, like a computer and whatnot, and like, uh, like a virtual reality headset, and then maybe you can, in a way, escape uh, being inside that room sometimes. But and It's funny you say that, because our first one is, I've been more or less stuck in my room for the past seven plus months, and it's been great. So assuming food and everything else is taken care of, I put a computer in with internet. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd starve long before going that. There you go. So, yeah. so there you go. Something like so that. That was about the internet. That's also part of my answer. I'm stealing that. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh our next one is, I just embrace the madness, but I want a Sky Mall catalog and all I want from it. Which is <laughs> like, I wish for more wishes. I will allow it because you decided to go with the Sky Mall <laughs> magazine specifically. Like, Catch me in a thousand years with my inflatable couch and insanity. <laughs> and, wow. I, I love that. Our next one had a whole bucket or like a whole like, it looks like a grocery list. It starts with a dog. The next is Wi-Fi and a computer for dance classes, MMORPGs, and Zoom calls with family. Uh, <laughs> a box set of DVDs of all of Xena and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for when Wi-Fi is on the spritz. Uh, I like that the Wi-Fi. I like that the assumption is that the Wi-Fi in this room that you're stuck forever in isn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dance props. Wooden Saget or Zills? I don't know. I've never heard of these words beyond like sounds I accidentally made in pain or something. Um, 
Zing! The next is Dance Shoes. Lots of books. My husband. <laughs> hey, see, 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 this person, like, this person's also bringing a person with them. So I think I'm off the hook I, at this point. What I love is so th- from here, it's all just been entertainment stuff, right? But then they go into comfort with air conditioning and windows for fresh air. <laughs> they just want it made. Um, and lastly, they have a dance floor. Because uh, you gotta, uh, I guess, the room you're in it does not qualify as a dance floor. Um, <laughs> they and the last thing they mention is I would still probably embrace the madness a little. That nice. I think I think that's like a perfect answer. Yeah. Um, I also love how late down the list the the husband came. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like he just entered the room and he's like, "Hey, baby." He's like, "Oh yeah." Thank <laughs> you. Hey, look at all this other stuff I set up. <laughs> We got internet and Xena. We got everything we need. It, it feels like they were just like, how did I survive Corona? And then put this in there. Oh, man. Um, well, I. So our last one. I'll go ahead. Well, I mean, I got to say before we move on, uh, this person is my sister. <laughs> I, I, I sounded like it was probably your sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, no this, yep. This, this is Lauren. All right. And <laughs> I, the thing I love most about this is that. I don't think she included anything that her husband would especially enjoy to be in there. <laughs> He's there only for her. <laughs> I guess I guess maybe she's assuming that he can also bring stuff he needs. Maybe. <laughs> uh, well, th- uh, thanks, Lauren. Thanks for the good answer. Our final one is, even if I was to bring something with me, I would get bored of it so fast, and getting to be crazy like the chick in the movie seems fun, so I'd probably just give in out of boredom, which I think that's just me. I was like, yeah, I'll skip to the madness. <laughs> skip to the madness, fast forward. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> well, sweet. Uh, that's that's all our survey stuff, Ian. Is there, are there any last words you want to say on the movie? Yeah, the Lazarus effect. I gotta say... You know, um, I, I didn't dislike you as much as I thought I would when I started hearing about the 10% brain stuff, because that's a huge pet peeve of mine, mm. um, just that sort of thing. Uh, but other than that, like, you know, you had, there was a good basis. There was a good foundation. Lazarus effects, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> but you just you just went too far down the weird mind control thing, and uh, it made it it made it so that it just nothing mattered anymore. Uh, overwhelmingly average and wasted potential. That's just all I can say about the movie. Yeah. So, uh, so good job. Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a job. That's... You did a job and you. No one can take that away from you. You viewer can do a job and start participating in our weekly surveys and movie watching, mm, it doesn't it doesn't true. pay. Uh, no, except <laughs> in happiness. Yes, it, it pays in happiness, and we you get plus two happiness. <laughs> you get plus two happiness, <laughs> and of course, we love reading off the questionnaire answers. Our only goal is to try to get uh, the most out of our questions so that we get to read even more because it's so fun. Uh, so please. Go in the, the episode description, join the Discord using the link, and uh, 
of course, if you want to watch us play games, I'm playing Omari right now every Monday. Uh, I think we're also playing Don't Starve together theoretically every Wednesday currently. I think I think that's the idea. We're going to see how, how it quite works out, but we'll do something Wednesday for sure. We're going to do something Wednesday. So, uh, you know, tune in. Uh, we always do. We, we got things going on. 7 p.m. Mountain Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday stream, Wednesday stream, Friday movie. Uh, so just catch us on the Discord and uh, stay updated. And of course, yeah. of course, uh, when Pacifier.com is up, which I am sure one day, one day mm-hmm. I'll put it Close. up. And you can visit we're closer it. than we were last time. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and you can see the, <laughs> and you can see the beauty that it is. Uh, but until then, join the Discord. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening, and y'all have a lovely night or day. I guess I don't, I don't know when you listen. No, no, no. O- only good night. I hope your okay, day's yeah, average. The like day this can movie. be crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as average as the Lazarus effect. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna be like, you're the Lazarus effect of people. <laughs> um, all right. Well, farewell, everybody.